<laughs> We're not faithful, yet becoming faithful, yet sometimes not. <laughs> And that is the challenge of what we're talking about today. Because we're talking about how the Holy Spirit develops faithfulness in us. We are called to be like Jesus. Uh, the, the four-square denomination, what's supposed to be on the back wall of every church, there, it is actually behind there, but we built a wall behind the back wall. Uh, <laughs> but it's Hebrews 13.8 that says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's a pretty simple one, isn't it? But what does that say? It's consistency, faithfulness. He never changes. Whatever, whoever Jesus was before is how he is right now and how he's going to be tomorrow. And if we understand that, then we can rest. We, we can rest. But also he's forming, you know, Christ is being formed within us and we're to be those same kind of people. Can we be relied on? Can, you know, are we solid? And as, as Maureen and all of us would say, it's like, yeah, I'm mostly solid except when I'm not. <laughs> I mean, you can completely 100% trust me except when you can't. Right? And yet... This is when the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit, what the Spirit is trying to do in us, is to make us like Jesus. Jesus was absolutely faithful, and He wants us to be absolutely faithful. And that's what we want to talk about today, because I want more of that. I would say, uh, you know, I was, I was talking to somebody this week, and I'm, I'm starting to preach now. I was talking to somebody this week, you know, you're like, what? Where we, where's the transition? Here it is. Uh, this week, and, and he was asking me how long I'd pastored the church. And I said, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's definitely over 30 years. I try not to, you know, I try not to be that old. Uh, and, and he said, man, you are really faithful. And, I'm like, and I hadn't really considered it, you know, because faithfulness really is just, is just keep moving your feet, man. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of people that quit. You know, I, believe me, I've, I've seen a lot of people quit their faith. Somewhere along the line, there was some circumstance where they're like, God is not meeting me how I want him to meet me, and so therefore I am out. And part of what God's trying to build in us is that that is never the case. But if it is, it says right here, draw near to God. <laughs> and that's the coolest part of the Christian life, is that when we fall, when we're toast, when we leave, when we run, we can always turn. We can always come back. And he will say, my faithful servant. <laughs> and if that wasn't true, none of us would be here. And and so, you know, as I was, I was praying about this, uh, I, my definition of faithfulness is walk, fall down, get up, walk, <laughs> right? So no matter what's happening in your life, God is drawing us towards that kind of faithfulness. And so hopefully 30 more years from now, people will go, man, really? Only 60-some years in this thing? You're still walking. 
But my, you know, my history and, and really my ministry is just keep on walking. It's like, so when I die, you're going to, you know, on my tombstone, it'll say, that dude kept on walking. And if that's the legacy that I have, I'm good with that. I want my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids to say, you know, he got hit, he got fell down, he, you know, snapped upside the head, but he kept getting up and he kept walking towards, towards the Lord. That's what God wants to build in us. Now, uh, I want to encourage you today. I think this verse is very encouraging. And so I, I thought we would utilize this verse uh, to talk about uh, what faithfulness is. So when it says that the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness, the word actually isn't faithfulness. It's just faith. And so I, I looked at that and I'm like, what? Why, why, did, why did these guys translate things differently in, in certain spots? And it's because it's the faithfulness is the activity of faith. But the activity of faith starts with saying, God said it. God promised it. This is it, right? And, and I, 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 I fear that in this generation, we, we're, we're getting away from what God says and believing it, no matter what it is. You know, I mean, that was the, that was the mistake of Adam and Eve, was hearing God and then deciding that they were going to go a different way than what God said. That's really a bummer. Have you ever done that? Yesterday. <laughs> it's not hard to do because we, we have this thing that when you know, God says something, like, you know, love your enemy. Let's just say he said that. And then we said, you know what? I really would like to love my enemy, but have you seen my enemy? And when you, and then, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you and say, have you seen my enemy? This enemy's a bad enemy. And because you love me, you're going to say, yeah, that's a bad enemy. And say, I don't want to love that enemy. And you're going to say, you know what? You don't have to love that enemy. And I'll say, well, thank you for confirming what was already in my heart. And, and then go back and rewrite the Bible. And, and say, I don't have to do that because I get to decide. And you can't have faith that doesn't connect <laughs> with what he says. How much faith would it take to love your enemy? A lot of faith. <laughs> it would be easier to rewrite the book instead of saying, God, I can't do this. I hate my enemy. I wish him evil. Some of my favorite verses are, Lord, bust their teeth in. <laughs> I always love the Psalms. I love David, you know, it's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know, may, may they fall into the pit they've dug. It's like, that's what I'm praying. And then I read Jesus, he said, oh, you should love them. That is going to take a lot of faith. See, what we think when we look at the Word, you know, it says do this or don't do that, is that instead we rewrite it, instead of that we would draw near to Him and say, Lord, I cannot do this. Show me how to see like you see. Ah, But that would actually take work. It's easier to just conjure up in your own mind what you think would be a better plan than God's plan. 
I'm, I'm a professional at this. <laughs> You're hearing the professional. <laughs> because I look at stuff and I'm like, yeah, that would be nice. Instead of saying, draw near to God. Go to him. All right, so let's talk about, there, there's kind of, uh, faith, faith, this concept of faithfulness is, is seen throughout the Bible. If you do a quick search, there's like 250 times the Bible talks about faithfulness. So that's a pretty, pretty big theme, right? So we should want to, uh, okay. So there's kind of three things that we'll talk about. So faithfulness is one, looking at God at his faithfulness and trusting him. That's one level, that's one kind of faithfulness. The other kind of faithfulness is us becoming faithful so that people can rely on us. And then there's kind of a third twist to this, and that is that we're faithful with the resources that God gives us. It's a little different in that God has given us incredible gifts. Part of the spurring on towards love and good deeds is us saying, why are we leaving this dormant? Why are we not using everything that God has given us for His glory? You guys have any latent gifts? I always love looking at Beth and going, I had latent gifts, but I just keep on coming. I'm coming. I had a teaching gift. It was latent, but I'm coming. It's like, I used to play piano, but I'm coming. I'm singing. I'm coming. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Every time, you know, every time she sees an opportunity, I'm just, I'm just doing that. You're awesome. <laughs> you are faithful. Yes, and, and amazing. And and we and we love you. I love you. Anyway, besides that, but see, that's. But sometimes you need some spurring, right? Now, I, this is way later in in my page of what we're talking about. But when it says spur on to love and good deeds. That word is really weird. This is what it means. To irritate. To provoke. To incite. Like get in an argument. I'm like, what? That's in the Bible? You know, spur sounds better. But have you ever seen a spur? Like, ever ride a horse and you see a spur, right? Does a horse like the spur? You... Yeah, you hit the. It's like, hello, that hurt. I know we're trying to get you to go forward. Hello, that hurt. If you kick your horse, I've done that before, and they they move if they get spurred. But yet, the modern Christian church. Oh yeah, I give the. I'll give that a try later. Yeah, you know when I'm dead. Maybe no, no, you know. Faithfulness, part of it, and gosh, I, I skipped all the way through, right? Part of faithfulness is using the talents that God has given you all the time. Now, this was the, one of the hardest ones that I'm repenting of. Uh, you know, as I was studying this, I'm like, oh, that's bad. That's bad because I got more inside of me. God, you know, God's put a lot inside of you guys, right? Okay, so. Back, back to the beginning. So how does God develop faithfulness uh, in us? It's right here, drawing near to God. You know, you can learn a lot of stuff. In fact, I, you know, I remember uh, in my early Christian days, uh, I got saved uh, on an Easter Sunday. That's, uh, I, that's when I, like, hit it. It was in April. Uh, I could probably track the exact date. But... I went to Bible college 
uh, in September. So April, May, June, July, August, September. So like in five months, I went to, to uh, Bible college. Now, they weren't going to let me in because I hadn't been saved that long, and they were, they were worried about me because they knew my testimony because they asked me. And they go, five months? I don't trust this guy. <laughs> I should say that sometimes. Oh, anyway, I better not say this next thing, so I'm not going to. Anyway, so <laughs> after five months, they're like, uh, okay, we'll put you on, on probation. And uh, I was really saved, so they, I knew they didn't have anything to worry about. And, uh, and so I, I, went to, uh, I went to Bible college, and it was like the whole Bible came alive. And I was like, man. I wish I'd known all this stuff, and I started to know it, and, and it started getting really good in my mind, and I could, I, I could argue with you about it. I was that good in just, in just a semester. I could argue, and I had intro to, to biblical languages, so, so, I, so I, I memorized the Hebrew alphabet, which made me a scholar. <laughs> Do you know, it's, you, you read it backwards, like, you, you know, right to left instead of left to right. I'm like, wow, and then they taught me, Intro to Greek. I'm like, oh, now I got it. You poor flunkies that are just sitting there in church, just listening to pastors. Man. So after a year, my head was this big. I mean, I had the biggest head in town. And, and uh, I was praying one day, and the Lord said, it's time to go. And I'm like, okay, you're going to release me to become the next Billy Graham? And he said, no, you know too much. You do too little. You have to drop out of Bible college. Oh, Lord, that was not my plan. So I dropped out, and I started serving in the nursery of our local church. And I changed diapers faithfully. And then, when I was faithful with the little, the little, they said, you can work with five-year-olds now. <laughs> now, that's tough, because, you know, the little ones, they just kind of lay there, and it's all right. I was being faithful, and then I got the five-year-olds, and they cry, and they, they still pee their pants. Did you know that some five-year-olds still pee their pants? And, and they're not supposed to. Anyway, so then they, they let me in on, on some of those five-year-olds, and then later they, they, they let me teach some of the first through third graders and later, and, I, and I, I just was being faithful. And all that stuff that was important started to drift away because actually serving others is where you end up when you get with God. I prayed to God that he would send me back to Bible college because I was really smart back then. I mean, I was really retaining a lot of stuff, and I had some great professors that were so brilliant, and I was just like Vulcan mind-melding so that I could be like them someday. Uh, It wasn't until, I don't know how many years later, it was a long time. We'd already started the church. We'd already been doing all kinds of stuff, and I'm like, God, can I go back? Nope. Can I go back? Nope. And finally, he said, yeah, okay. You can go back. 
So why am I telling you this? Because all that stuff that we overlap besides just drawing near to God, that doesn't build faith. My faith wasn't built by having this great body of knowledge. My faith was built by drawing near to God and serving others. Okay, drawing near. Here we go. Confidence to come. I, I think most of us, and even this morning, I'm like, Lord, it says draw near with a sincere heart. And I had to ask myself, am I sincere today? I still have to ask myself. And I'm like, or am I just doing this? Am I doing this to do this? Or maybe it's a habit. And he's like, yeah, right now that's what you're doing because you're questioning that. But you know what? All you got to do is change that in a second. Do you want to come to me? Yeah, I do. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> it doesn't take much for God to change our hearts. We just need to be aware of that. Okay. Now, we develop our faithfulness by trusting the Lord in every situation. Now, it's easy. One, like right now, sun's shining. It's a holiday. I don't have to go to work tomorrow. It's easy to draw near to God. But then Tuesday's going to come. And I'm going to say, I'm going to, like Leonard was saying, sometimes we're too busy to get in, you know, we got, we got visitors and we got stuff. Does, does God, you think that God waits around for us? And I mean, in, in that way, he's like, okay, she, Leonard, and yep, Pastor Stu too. Yeah, he's too busy today. He's taking a vacation from me. So I'm just going to have to wait here. I got nothing else to do. But when they do show back up, I'm going to say bad dog. I always say that, bad, bad dog. I don't have a dog, but I used to have a dog. I said, bad dog. They, they, they kind of cower. That's not how God treats us. It says, let us draw near to God. All right. So we just develop faithfulness by keep coming, keep coming. Keep coming, keep coming. I don't know where you are, if you you know, how many days in a row. I mean, on my Bible app, do you know on your Bible app, it, it has a, a little thing that says streak. Oh, streak. <laughs> I had a pretty good streak going in the summer. I was like, dude. Yeah, it's like a video game. It's like, yeah, streak, man, check my streak. I'm awesome. You know, I was like, you know, 13 days ahead on my yearly Bible reading. I was way ahead of it. And I looked, and it said streak one. <laughs> One, that means I missed my streak. Where was I? Do you guys are, and I felt all guilty. And then I heard, let us draw near. Okay. Now, Sandra said it, and I also say, it says, let us draw near with sincere hearts, full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed. Woo. Sometimes we feel guilty. Oh, I haven't been with God. Sometimes we feel guilty. It's like, oh, sinned. Uh-oh, yelled, you know, yelled at my dog. Hopefully that was the worst he did. Um, right? And he says, no. Is that a reason not to come near? No. Just come and be sprinkled. And, and that, that whole, I just got done reading through uh, the early parts of the Bible in Numbers, and it talks about the sprinkling of the people. What it was, they'd take the blood and they'd sprinkle it so that we would be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. No matter what your sin is, Jesus doesn't want that to keep you from drawing near. 
All right, number two. Uh, it says here, sprinkled from a guilty conscience, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, and who, for he who promised is faithful. Gosh, that's great. So the way the Holy Spirit develops this faithfulness in us is that when we hold fast to the promises of God and to the Word of God, and then we see it. Like I, I was talking to someone recently about, uh, about tithing. We don't talk about tithing very much. In fact, I don't know if I've talked about tithing in a long time, but let's just talk about tithing just for fun. Uh, so the Bible says that we should give 10% of the increase of our wealth. Uh, it's found throughout the Bible. It's found from Genesis pretty much kind of to the end. And some people would say, oh, that's an Old Testament thing. Some people say it's, you know, it's the New Testament thing, and people argue about stuff. I don't argue about stuff. I just like, you know, when I, when I came to Jesus, somebody said, you ought to give 10% of everything you make. I was homeless. It was awesome. It's like, I come to church, didn't pay nothing. It was awesome. But then I got that job. It's like 10%. Not so bad. Only made 100 bucks this week. 10 bucks, I, I can handle that. But then you start getting a raise, and you're like, this is looking like a lot of money. I could use this money. <laughs> In fact, I could use a new car. And, and this money would really help me get a new car. So anyway, so that kind of stuff. But then I, I never, I, actually, I, I think I tithed from the minute because it was so easy. You know, when you got 10 bucks, it's not a big problem. I really didn't, never struggled with it. Except a bunch of times. <laughs> but every time I wrestled with it, I'd have to come back to the Word and say, what's it say? It says, if you do this, I'll open the windows of heaven. I don't want the windows of heaven open. You know what the windows of heaven are? Is it, you know, it's like, oh man, I'm going to get more money? Uh-uh. You get more God. I'll take that anytime. I could use the money, but I'd rather have the revelation from God and the relationship with the Lord. You too? Anyway, so this, this is like with many things. We struggle with them instead of holding fast. So hold fast and say, Lord, you promised, I'm in. Okay, some ways that uh, we need to just trust. His word is true, 100%. You know that. He cannot lie. All right. Now, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we live by faith, not by sight. You look at stuff, you look at your bank account and go, hmm, don't look good. And he says, okay, no, look by faith. I promise to take care of you. I just, I just finished. I was in jo- just in Joshua. I'm reading in Joshua. And it says that the, the day they went into the promised land, the manna stopped. And I was thinking, those poor guys. And it says they started eating from the land, you know, from what they were cap- capturing. And I was thinking, wouldn't it have been better if God just like gave them like a bank account, a manna too, just in case? Have you ever felt that? It's like, yeah, the Lord's kind of providing my needs, but what if? And I think we're even in a season like that right now. You know, nobody knows what's going to happen in the world. He does. I do, because he does. Because it says that he will be faithful in all things. So am I concerned? No. But that's part of the faithfulness that God builds in us, right? 
And he, he says, you can always trust me. So stop your worry. Okay, moving on. Last point. Let's talk about encouraging one another. Look what it says here. It says, consider how we may spur one another on. So we have to stop and think, right? Okay, you guys will have to do this with me. So what's it say? Consider. Are you guys thinking? All right, so what can we do? You guys have to help me. You have to consider. You, you're reading it. You consider. What can we do to spur one another on to love and good deeds? Come on, you have to answer me. It's a test here. You start with those that you are closer to you, your family, your brothers and sisters, your nieces, your nephews, your cousins, and especially uh, those you haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> or, or those that are, are closest to you. Okay. We had a stroke in our family, and uh, uh, we saw them this last couple of weeks. And they are in a lot of need for prayer and healing, especially. And uh, uh, one of them also had uh, help in finances. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the list goes on and on, and um, in both situations, faith was a problem. And, and uh, that's what it, what, yeah, just what, what you said. We've all been talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think by your testimony. Your testimony can it's spur? I totally agree with that. The, the reason I, I, one of the reasons I still walk is because I've seen other men of God women too, but, but you know, I, I tend to check out men and go, they still walking? It's like, yeah, I'm, in, I'm, I'm still walking too. Thank you. But it's true. It's our testimony. Go ahead, Maria. Sometimes people, <clears throat> if you talk to somebody, people will not immediately tell you what they need. But if you, if you can say, is there anything I can pray for you? That's a good way because then you have, you can be more specific when you're asking the Lord on behalf of that person, and that, that, that opens the gate for them to be, to be more open with you and see, well, this is what I need, can you pray for that? And then they Amen. keep on going, and you, you can bless them by praying for them according to their need. Amen. So prayer is a spur. I think that prayer is an irritant. <laughs> because because when, you, when you draw near to God... Then God doesn't leave you the same, right? And so I like that. Okay, love is a spur. Okay, let's talk about love. Let's consider love for a minute because it's a great word, but it's also a great deed. How can we love people better here, or those that are closest to us? Go ahead, give me one. Okay, I can buy that. That's right. Well, be, being loved. I think loving ourselves, it's, it's hard to love ourselves because we know ourselves. Or at least, it's like, oh, look, in the mirror, it's like, ah, I don't know if I like that guy. But what you said is that because we're loved by God, then that shows us that we can be, be loved. So then we can connect with that. And then we can, then we can we can go to that. I think you know the problem with the self help movement is because they would say something like that. They would say, "Oh, you you know you should love yourself." And it's like that love 
true love is not self-directed. It, it's it's others-directed. And so not that there's not a component of, of that, but there's a lot of people that love themselves too much. Do you know that? I mean, because they're just totally selfish people. Now, I don't know any, you know, none here, not on the Internet, but I know there's at least five people somewhere out there that are being selfish. But that self, and, and the reason I, I, I spur back on that bad boy is because a lot of times we're like, well, I just need to love myself more. It's like, no, you need to be loved by God more, and then you'll, then you'll know who you are, and then you'll be able to pass it out. Go ahead, Maria. Love it. Love is like the God gives us this incredible light. He shines his light on us so that we can project that light onto others. Okay. But I want to get like practical because it's easy to say, you know, we're, love is one of those things that's ethereal, right? It's like, oh, I love you. No, it's action. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now we get back to action and I'll talk to Doug. Okay. Easy to love a baby because if the child doesn't have a history, adults have got history and bad habits that tend to even family members or complete strangers and they guide them up to grow up. So forget, I mean, it, it, it's given relief to you because well, now you're not angry, you're not sitting there, you know, brewing over for hours or something like that. You just begin this and move on, you know. I like it that. It goes back to a saying I heard very early on, or even before I, I came back, I was just like, teach Christianity to speak it in hell. Oh, live it, life. speak if you have to. Mm-hmm. Little things like, you know, not trying to let someone in or in traffic. They snuck in. <laughs> that's good. So that's practical. Forgiving. What's another thing? No, we're talking about spurring. Come on, consider how we can spur. Okay, we're we're gonna break. We're gonna break in just a minute, and we're gonna have lunch in a couple minutes. You guys ready? Okay, what can we do to spur one another on once we break? How can we encourage one another? How can we encourage that? Can we? Huh? Let's. Come on, help me out. No, okay, how can we provoke? All right, let me just do it this way. Because I considered it. and Because I'm always looking at what's practical for our faith, right? And I think for us, we, it goes back to, remember I said the third thing is your calling and, and the things that God has given you. Because in, in uh, Matthew 25, uh, it, it, it talks about these wonderful words that you're going to hear one day from the Lord. And this is what he's going to say to you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've done what you've done with the little. I will now, you know, you've been faithful with little. So therefore, I will give you more to accomplish. And I think the little things is one, just being aware of other people. Uh, you, you know, as a pastor, I'm, I, I really understand the shepherding thing because sometimes I see sheep that are not being, you know, they're not in the flock. So sometimes we'll go, we'll go out there and we'll have, we'll have lunch together and there'll be one person by themselves. I walk out. You might not see it because you're all engaged with your other people's. And, but I see him. I'm like, Oh, look, there's a sheep all by themselves. 
all by themselves. And that hurts me. And of course, I'll go over there and push them and spur them, get, get in, get back into the flock. Um, but it, it's hard in churches, uh, to, to get in a flock and it's hard in churches to stay in a flock sometimes. So, uh, because most people in churches, do you know, there are introverts? Except for the extroverts. The extroverts are fine, are, are fine. Uh, but most of us are introverts, so we, we, it's easier for us to sit to the side. And I, but w- one of the ways that we spur is by, uh, inviting other people into our lives. Um, uh, we say it, but every funeral I've ever been to, I wish I knew the person better. Because when a collective of people who know them, talk about them, I'm like, I never knew that because I never spent the time to get to know them uh, the way the way they could. And it increases our faith. One of the reasons that I'm still walking with Jesus is because there's other people around me who are saying, let's keep going. In fact, the next verse, uh, we did, which we didn't read today, I'm going to read and this, I'll end with this. Let's consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. And the day approaching is Jesus is going to wrap all this up someday. So we should encourage one another. So with that, that's how the Lord builds faithfulness in us. Trust Him. Keep walking. When you fall down, get up. And take a look inside and say, Lord, what? What is it, what's laying dormant in me that I can activate by faith so that I can spur and encourage one another onto good love and good deeds? So with that, I'm looking forward to lunch. And, and, and we have communion? What day is it? I didn't leave any time, but I'm all over it. All right, so how can we love, spur one another onto love and good deeds? We can take communion together. Okay, um, so uh, I'm going to sign off with those that might be watching on uh, YouTube today. God bless you. Thank you for our time together. Continue to walk faithfully with the Lord and enjoy the rest of your week. God bless you. And uh, the rest of us are going to uh, receive communion together. We'll see you next week.